Stephen, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself to start? I would love to tell you some stuff. I am Stephen. I have six children. Wow. Are any of them here, actually? Any of my kids here? Oh, Ethan, stand up. This is Ethan. Turn around, everyone. Give everyone a grin. He's got the same grin as me. Guide me. So this is what you're going to look like when you're older. Okay, so that's one of them. Yeah, that was my other stuff. I ride a, mo- I ride a motorcycle. Really? Hmm? I've also crashed that motorcycle three times in the last year. I also crashed skiing and uh, broke my knee, and, um, which was quite a bad day, except the fact they gave me loads of drugs as so I was crazy high and then helicoptered me off the mountains. I'm going over the mountains high as a guy. What? This is the most amazing thing. Who cares about my knee? Stephen, I have four getting-to-know-you questions, actually, four. I've just added one. Um, so we've been doing this every day. Um, so first and foremost, red or brown sauce? Red. Red sauce. Okay. Second one. Are you... How do you spell ketchup? <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of pressure when you're on the stage to get things right. And some things I'm good at. Like, well, I can't think of anything. He spelled all four <laughs> things wrong on the first I'm day. Not. I'm sure hummus is spelled like that, but everyone else is wrong. Okay, let's move swiftly on. Apple or Android? Ooh. Androids. I didn't know there were so many Android fans in the, in the house today. Okay, um, penultimate question. Um, if you could be either of these two things, would you be an amazing singer or would you be an amazing dancer? Singer or dancer? I am both. Oh, please. Please. I would be, I would choose singer, I think. I choose singer. Um, but I'm both. <laughs> Stephen, last question. There's been a lot of chat about something that, you know, is the big elephant in the room. And no one's really mentioned it. No one's really talked about it. What is going on with your hair? What is going on a bit? Are you going to be cutting it as soon as you get home? Because the word hobo has been branded about. That's all I'm saying. Okay, here, here is the absolute truth. And I have honestly not taught anyone else this. I don't know why it's coming out of my mouth now. Here it comes. I was having quite a sad day back in November, December. And I decided to go to the cinema by myself. And so I went to the cinema and thought, oh, what's on? The next film showing was um, uh, Star is Born. Oh, badly. So see where this is going. I watched a Star is Born and was like, oh, man, such a beautiful movie. Bradley Cooper's hair's cool. <laughs> I want to be him. Fantastic. Hence the look. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. The reference is clearly lost on all of you. It's a 15, don't watch it. Okay, so. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Lovely to be with you. I'm inter- let me just put my timer on so don't forget. Right, okay. So I'm talking to you today about sharing Jesus. And uh, I want you to know that Jesus... And being his disciple is genuinely the best decision you can make. The Christian life is an exciting one. And Jesus wants you to live your best life. And when you choose to follow Jesus, you're not signing up to go, okay, a second-rate life. 
You're not signing up for a boring life. No, the best life you can live is one lived with Jesus. That's the exciting adventure. And I, I love adventure. I love thrills. That's why I have a motorbike. I don't just have any motorbike. My mo- motorbike goes faster, or it, um, accelerates quicker than a Porsche. Okay, my bike is super fast. I love acceleration. I love theme parks. You like theme parks? I love road coasters. I love all that stuff. I love exhilaration. There's nothing more exhilarating, I promise you, than the moments I've had in my Christian life. But turn to the person next to you and tell them something exciting you've done or something exciting you like to do or something adventurous. Go for it, quickly. Tell the person next to you something exciting. Okay, someone tell me something exciting they like to do. Tell me, tell me. Get down here. Going to New Day. Playing stupid games. Yes. Flying a plane. I'd quite like to fly a plane. That'd be quite cool. Yep. Reading the Bible. Yes, well done. That was the right answer. You get nothing, though, that's saying for that. Yes. Skiing. Skiing's amazing. Yeah, let's go out the back. Skydiving. Has anyone been skydiving? Oh, wow, lucky people. I'd love to do that. That sounds all exciting, amazing things. Yeah, I love doing exciting things. I once took my motorbike and I drove all around Europe on it and I loved being on that adventure. But genuinely, the best adventure, best mission is going with Jesus. Now, when Jesus was on earth, he gathered together some disciples and then he was about to leave them. And when he left them, he said, but as I leave you, I'm going to give you a commission. Okay, not a mission, a co-mission, because it wasn't just us by ourselves. It was as a joint adventure with Jesus. And what we're going to do, we're going to save the world. I think that's a pretty big kind of thing to be doing. Who would like to be involved with saving the world? Well, if you're a believer here, that is exactly what you're involved in now. You're involved with saving the world and having eternal ramifications. Now, we just asked, I just got asked, Apple or Android? Now, I reckon 10 years ago, the whole room would have said Apple. They were the most amazing thing. They'd taken over the world with their technology. But in the space of 10 years, now the room's divided. And let's be fair, Apple's just going to continue to keep dropping and dropping. Android's... But in 10 years' time, it won't be Apple or Android. It'll be something else. Because everything else is just temporary. But the thing you're involved in saving the world is affecting people's eternity. Some people gave their lives in 12 to 14 this morning. They didn't give God their lives for today or tomorrow. No, God took hold of their lives forever. Forever. That's what we get to be involved in. And uh, when, when we give up our lives and follow Jesus, we're not giving up our lives for a boring life. We say in, we say in Brighton sometimes where I'm from, we say we didn't give up sin for a boring life. No, we gave up our old, old lives for fullness of life, for everything we can have in God. And that includes going on mission with him and seeing others come into it as well. When Jesus saved you, he didn't just take you and put you up on a shelf to look at. Look at the person next to you and say, you're not that great. You're not that great looking. You're pretty, cool. you're pretty awesome, but not that great. The reality, God didn't think, okay, I'll take you and I'll put you like a nice ornament on a shelf. No. God grabbed each one of you and said, right. Turn to the person next to you and say, shh, listen to Stephen. He grabbed each and every one of you and said, right, I'm going to put you to task. You're now going to join my mission. You're going to be tools in my hands. Not ornaments in the fireplace, but sharp tools like an axe or like a chainsaw or something else you like to be. And he's going to use you to build his kingdom. 
So that, a big part of that is just sharing Jesus with other people. So how do we share Jesus? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to know Jesus. Who knows Jesus already? That's it. This is so much room. That's all about that. It's all about us knowing him already. And how do we get to know him? Well, the first few weeks, sorry, first few days of this week, we looked at loving him by praying and knowing his love. We looked at opening up his Bible. We looked at leading ourselves by letting Jesus lead us. Those are ways to get to know God. Turn to the person. No, let me just have this. Have you ever, at school, right now maybe, had a teacher in a lesson that you didn't really like the subject, but because of that teacher, you started to like the subject. Has anyone ever had that? Yeah, okay. I've had that. When I was at school, I, I did quite like maths, but then I found out that I was going to have Mr. Summers as my maths teacher. He's dead now. I can, he was basically dead when he taught me. He was so old, okay? And he had a reputation for being super strict and super, super harsh. And if you ever met him in the corner, you messed around, he was going to tear a strip of you. He was so just rude, to be honest with you. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be Mr. Summer's class. But in his classroom, he was electric. He loved, with a passion you can only dream of, the subject of maths. He basically would marry maths if he could have done. He would have made sweet love to maths if he could have done. Oh, yes. Two and two makes four. <laughs> My maths is end of the week. It's hard. Okay. He loved quadratic equations. You know, they were his, his love, love language. Like work, love, romance. Anyway, and you're in his class, and he would just make maths so exciting and so appealing. He'd use uh, kind of uh, recent films and music to communicate stuff. And our whole class just fell in love with maths. And we did really, really well in our GCSE as a result because he loved his subject so much. And when it comes to sharing Jesus, the best thing, the best thing you can do is to know and love Jesus for yourself. When you know and love Jesus and love himself, you can't help but share it. People can't help but see it in your life. When you're in a great time with Jesus, people are going to ask, hey, what's going on in your life? Why are you different? Or what gives you the joy that you've got? Or why are you making these decisions? People will just start asking you those questions simply because you're already living with God and for God and knowing him in your life. I've had the privilege of all kinds of opportunities in my life where people have come and said to me, what is different about your life? And it's not because I'm great or wonderful. It's because I'm just enjoying Jesus and they're just seeing that. I was just sitting at church recently and uh, there was a new girl there and I was saying to her, you know, why have you come along? And she said, well, my friend Louisa who comes to your church, I don't know what it is, but there's just something about her love for Jesus that makes me want to come and find out more. And I was literally like, Louisa, high five! It's like, because she just like loved Jesus and her friend just saw that. She hadn't really any, had any specific conversations with her about it. She just loved Jesus and this other person had seen that. So first thing you can do is just get to know Jesus more. Just work on that prayer thing. Work on that Bible thing. Not because we should do it, but because it helps us in our relationship. Now, my wife's in the room. Give us a wave. Give me a wave. Woo-hoo. My blessing, my wife. She's married to me. We get to play loads of kind of fishy head games at home as well, don't we, babe? We love it. Uh, just for fun. Date night. And uh, anyway... But I, I, if, for me and my wife to stay in good relationship, we have to spend time together. I don't think, oh, I better book a date night in because I have to. If I turn up going, okay, come on, better take you out then. She'd be like, this is not the most romantic thing you've ever done. But we book time in together because we love each other. We want to know what's going on in each other's lives. We want to know each other better. 
And so get to know Jesus. Spend time with him. Get to spend time with other people who love him as well. That'll help you know him. And that will just lead to the easiest thing of all. People just start asking, oh, what's different about your life? Who is this Jesus that you, can't, you just can't help but talk about? So get to know Jesus. That's the first thing that you can do. But we do have to do something. We don't just want to leave it there. We want to be intentional with the mission that God's given us. If the Queen of England asked you to do something, you'd feel pretty honoured. you think, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to do it. Well, the King of all kings has asked you to do something. He's asked you to take his name to all nations, making disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that he commanded. That's what Jesus told his disciples to do. And he's telling us the same. We've got that same mission that he has given to us. And that can look different for different ones of us. Who was the prayer meeting last night? You were sound excited. It was quite a long prayer meeting, wasn't it, to be fair? But who, who saw Andy McCulloch, who spoke to us for a bit about uh, the church being the garden and all that palaver, yeah? He was great. And he was talking to, about, to us about the fact that some of us already know a calling to maybe a certain nation or a certain people group. Or you might even know, 11 years' time, I'm going to do this and that. Did anyone, did anyone speak to you? Did God speak to any of you like that? Have any of you got a place in your heart? You think, I know we know where I want to go. It's quite brave to put your hand up. It's just a few. Great. So it may be that God's already said to you, this is where you're going to go and this is how you're going to serve me. And it's wonderful when God does that. And it's good to pray that God does that for some of us. But even if we never have that, God has got places for each of us to go and share his good news. The Bible says he knows the times and places in which you'll live. Who loves the place where they live? Who doesn't like the place they live? Okay, who hates the place they live? Some of you. Who loves their school? Who doesn't like their school? Who hates their school? Who loves the family that they're in? Who doesn't really like their family that they're in? No, don't make it, don't make it, don't make it right. Not all families are great, are they? Not all schools are great. Not all the places we live are great. But you know, God knows the times and places that you'll live. He'll know the school that he's placed you in. He knows the family he's placed you in. And he's saying, in that place, be on mission. In that place, love Jesus and love other people. When I was 15, I moved to a place called Weymouth. I hate Weymouth. Not really because of Weymouth, just because when I moved, I moved 130 miles away from my girlfriend, now wife, ching ching, and uh, 130 miles away from all my friends, everything I'd ever known. And I moved there and was just like instantly grumpy and bitter. And I wasted two or three years of my life being grumpy and bitter, not being in church, not spending time with God. Now God was so gracious and good and brought me back to himself. But I look back at those years and think, God, I just wasted that time. All those mates I made at college, where I should have been sharing you, Jesus, I spent being bitter and angry and cross about where I was, rather than realize that you'd placed me there, you could have used me for your glory. What an amazing two years I could have had, instead I wasted it. Let me encourage you, wherever you are right now, you can spend your time thinking, oh, this is the most awful place, or you can say, God, I hate this place, I find it difficult, but you love these people, you love my family, you love my friends, you love this town or city that I'm in. Help me to share the good news where I find myself. 
And then we're going to ask the question, but who do we share the message of Jesus with? And I think often we think with our friends. And that is true. We do want to share Jesus and the good news what he's done for us with our friends. Who has four friends? Who reckons they've got 40 friends? Who reckons they've got 400 friends? Some people are like pretty confident. I've got quite a few followers on Instagram. Well, my friends, I don't know. Okay, so some of you maybe have got 400 friends. Most of you haven't. The reality is, if we wanted to reach the whole of Great Britain with the message of Jesus, and we waited till we made friends with everyone first, not everyone's going to get saved before they die. The reality is we have got to share Jesus with our friends, but we've also got to think bigger than that. Thank God in every situation, my classmates, my whole school, who is it, Jesus, you want to lead me to? It's not just the people I'm naturally mates with. God cares about everyone in our classes. And that's what he says, we're to go to our neighbours, love our neighbour. It doesn't just mean your next door neighbour, although love them as well, but all our neighbours, the people that we do life with, the people in our classes, our teachers, the people at a local shop, the people we meet in the youth club, where whoever it is, we want to share Jesus wherever we are, telling about how wonderful he is. But the Bible goes one further. Who is someone at school who is mean to them? Who knows someone at school who's slightly the eye outcast, a bit smelly, a little bit difficult, a little bit odd? I always tell you that God loves them. And God would love to use you to reach them. The Bible says about our enemies, give them a good kicking. That's what we're going to do. We see an enemy, we give them a good kicking. Amen? Those who said amen weren't listening. God does not tell us to give our enemies a good kicking. He says, pray for them. Bless them. And what's the best thing we can pray for them? God, save them. Bring them into your family so they can become my brother and sister. What? So I've got some people in my life right now who are downright horrible to me. People who don't yet know Jesus. And I really struggle with unforgiveness towards them. But I know that I'm called to pray for them and bless them and pray they come to know Jesus. And pray that God even gives me an opportunity to talk about his love with them. So yes, your friends, but yes, all your neighbours, literally everyone you do life with, and yes, even your enemies. But how? How do we go about this? About this? Let me read you this uh, from 2 Corinthians 5. Where's my Bible app? Here it is. Okay, it says this. Okay. Okay, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Lots of words there. Basically, God reconciled us. That means God brought us to himself. Why? So we can then go and bring others to himself as well. And then he goes on to say this. Therefore, we are ambassadors. Say ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We employ on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Where to be ambassadors? Who can tell me what an ambassador is? Someone brave. Put your hand up. What's an ambassador? Yes, what's an ambassador? Someone who's kind of a role model for others. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? Yeah. 
a representative of someone else? Yeah, brilliant, yes. So somebody's a role model, yes, but someone who represents someone else. So, for instance, if you were the ambassador to Portugal for the UK, you're basically there on behalf of the Prime Minister and the Queen in that country being a representative. Each of us are called to be ambassadors, to be representatives of Christ wherever we find ourselves. And ambassadors, if you see them driving around another nation, they often have like the, the flag. So if you were in Portugal as the uh, great British ambassador, you'd have the, uh, the Union Jack flying in your car. We're meant to be those who fly our flag high for Jesus. I know when I was at school, I was often a bit ashamed of being a Christian. People say, what did you do on the weekend? I'm like, um, stuff. <laughs> it's like, I clearly went to church. But it, wasn't, it didn't always roll off my tongue that easy. I was a much better secret agent that I was an ambassador. I was like, if I can just try and keep the Christianity kind of hidden away, I've kind of nailed it for the day. She said, no, that's not what I'm calling you to. I'm calling you to be ambassador, to stand for me. Let people know who you are and where you're from. Our citizenship isn't from Great Britain, if you're British. It's actually in heaven. We are heavenly citizens. I want to tell people that. We belong to Jesus and we want to live for him. So first thing I would encourage you to do, what does it look like to be an ambassador for you? What's your next step? How can you just tell people, hey, I go to church. Just know I'm a Christian. Why don't you come to my youth group? That would be a really easy thing. The second thing I'd encourage you to do is be those, in fact, the first thing I'd say is begin with prayer. The first thing is to pray. Pray for your friends. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your enemies. It's difficult. And say, God, help me. And the Apostle Paul in the Bible, he doesn't just pray for those who aren't saved yet. What does he pray for most of all? He prays for himself. He says, God, give me boldness. Please pray for me that I have boldness, that I might speak it. Who needs an extra dose of boldness when it comes to telling other people about Jesus? I do. I get so timid sometimes. I'm thinking, sometimes even people say to me, hey, can you tell me a bit about Jesus? I'm thinking, uh, uh. I'm thinking, they've asked me and even then I struggle sometimes. Maybe you're not like me, but I encourage you. Ask God for boldness. Pray for those people that are around you. Invite them along to your church. Let me finish by saying this. The Bible says all of us are to do the work of an evangelist. An evangelist is simply someone who tells people about Jesus and helps them come to know him. That's simply what an evangelist is. And all of us are to do the work of one. We're all to act like that. We're all to take that role on. But some of us are actual evangelists. That means we're passionate. It's a thing that gets us up in the morning. We want to tell people about Jesus and want to do it with all our lives. I've got a friend called Phil back in Brighton. And uh, if I tried to sit on him and tell him, say, you know, I tell anyone about Jesus, he would literally beat to my head. And it's the thing that he lives for. He's focused on. He's the one who's taught me how to do it in reality. He just loves, loves, loves telling people who don't know Jesus about Jesus. And some of you in this room are evangelists. Just maybe just starting that journey, but thinking, yeah, I think that's me. I want to give my life to telling people about Jesus. And I'd love to pray for you first and foremost. Anyone here going to be brave enough to say, yeah, I think that's me. I want to spend my life telling people about Jesus. If that's you, why don't you just stand up for me? All of us are to do the work of evangelists, but we need evangelists in our churches to inspire us and help us and to teach us and to lead the lost of this nation and the nations back to himself. So why don't we just reach out our hands to these ones where you are. I'm going to pray for them, but why don't you pray for them as well? And when I say amen, you say amen as well. Okay, Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being on mission with you. We want to take it seriously. We want to give our lives wholeheartedly for it. And all of us want to do the work of evangelists, sharing the good news of what you've done with our friends, our neighbours, and even our enemies, Lord God. But we just pray for these ones right now who say yes. God, thank you for them standing and saying, God, use me as an evangelist.
has sent one to the lost. And we say, God, let them be crazy fruitful as they root their lives in you, that they would reap many souls for Christ. Our churches would grow. New churches would be planted. New nations would be reached. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.